When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. (laughs) So um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. We're making an ad. Napping ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm -hmm. He listens to the podcast every week. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> so, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. Hey, Horror Movie Night. Thanks for listening to this bonus episode. Uh, This has been a long time in the works. When we first started the show five years ago, there were two people that we said we needed to have on the show at some point in our lives. And they're both on the phone now. It's the Soska sisters. Yay! Oh, I thought you were going to say the Olsen twins. I was afraid we were going to get bumped. <laughs> uh, so, Rabbit is out, and I got to see it last night, and it's fucking incredible. It's so good. You have excellent taste in films and filmmakers. Yeah, I, I was hoping the audience would be into Hente, and that way I would know the film was for them. <laughs> so it's definitely, I, what I love about it is that it does what I think every remake should do and not enough remakes actually do, which is that you play close to the source material, but it's very much your own interpretation of the movie. Thank you. Uh, pardon my naughty language, but most people say fuck remakes. We were really in, intent on making love to ours. Yeah, we, we gave everybody a fuck remake button, but we were like, we're, we're making love to this. And also be aware that we're going to be schadenfreude because nobody in their right mind should remake a Cronenberg film. But thank God he remade The Fly, so it was slightly kosher for us. Well, we're not traditionally fans of remakes. I think they take advantage of us, the horror fans. And there have been so many horror remakes where they're like, well, I'm not going to do anything about the original. I'm going to do my own thing. Well, dude, if you're going to do your own thing, do your own thing. Don't make a remake or a reimagining. You're just basically stealing a movie title. So we really wanted to make it celebratory, not of just the original, but the original creator, the great Mr. David Cronenberg. Yay! Well, and it's such, it falls into such like the same 
I'm trying to think how to word this. This is very much a Soska sisters movie, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like this feels. Oh, bless you. Well, it feels in so many ways like a really cool companion piece to American Mary. Like I know that you guys did some movies with the WWE after American Mary, but this one really feels like the spiritual sister to, to American Mary in a lot of ways. Oh, thank you for recognizing that. We always said that, or on set we were joking, that Rabbit is really American Mary plus five years of unanswered rage. <laughs> Mary is a very sad film and it's very upsetting, but hopefully Rabbit is a very motivating and infuriating film. And of course, we did a couple nods to American Mary throughout because we enjoyed it. And also, I feel the movie plays a lot like Spider-Man 2 and people are like, wait a minute, no it doesn't. I'm like, yes, it does. It's almost exactly Spider-Man 2, except the Doc Ock scene happens at the end. Yeah, and <laughs> Sylv and I are basically Bruce Campbell. Yeah, basically we show up as Bruce Campbell because I love when that there's a cameo and, you know, Spider-Man was defeated by Bruce Campbell so many times, so as soon as you have, like, a hint of red in our in Rabbit, you know something bad's gonna happen. I was like, okay, put red cat suits on us and let's, let's meet Rose. It's funny, we tried to make it as Cronenberg as possible, but it's impossible to do anything without looking through our lens. Well, so you brought it around. So I don't want this to all just be about Rabbit because I want people to see it. And I feel like the more you talk about it, the more we're going to ruin kind of the fun of it. So to go on a little tangent, because you mentioned Spider-Man, I know you two are massive comic book fans anyway. Tell me you heard the thing about like what Sam Raimi's plan was with Bruce Campbell for Spider-Man 4, right? Oh, no, I don't even know what that is, but I'm very passionate about Spider-Man 4. Like, I have Raimi to hold out. Oh, my God, my Raimi posters for Spider-Man were uh, framed way before any of my movies. And my parents were like, until you're Sam Raimi, you're going to have to also frame your own stuff and show it the same dignity you show Mr. Raimi's work. (laughs) I love how he always gave us bummer Spider-Man. I was guessing that Spider-Man 4 would be like Peter and MJ are like already divorced. Oh, I would love that! You never got the good like marriage and the happy years maybe there's like a kid that peter's not allowed to see please you have to tell me what was he going to do with bruce campbell in four the plan was for bruce campbell to play mysterio and all of the cameos be the same person spying on peter parker oh, <laughs> that would have oh been genius God. i'm sorry jake gyllenhaal but that would have been so much better and it was also every single time with mary jane because everybody knows mysterio had like a weird crush on her didn't he yes he did because that would have been that would have been so smart oh god we weren't we weren't worthy of you mr Raimi. we weren't worthy i feel that we somehow got on a horrible timeline i mean there's a lot of things in the world that can suggest that but somewhere we missed out on the final like spider-man 4 from sam Raimi. yeah i'm so sad i love spider-man yeah you know i i never Spider-Man was never like something I ever even thought I could go for. Like Deadpool, we got to write him once for the Avengers Halloween uh, special last year, and he got to do a Cronenberg joke. So I was like, Deadpool made a Cronenberg joke. I think I can die happy. And then Marvel was so nice. They let us uh, write uh, a Black Widow story where she actually goes to kill pedophiles. So if you love Black Widow and hate pedophiles, our No Restraints play story for Marvel is like, so Epstein-esque and racy. It's amazing it even got through. Also, for all you adults, we helped write the Deadpool XXX porn parody directed by the great Axel Braun. And if you think that you wouldn't enjoy that porn, trust me, you will. Uh, if, <laughs> it's good. 
even if you, for whatever reason, have any hesitation to porn, Axel Braun is in a whole different category. He used to uh, sign at our San Diego Comic-Con booth every year uh, and bring all the actors Mark, in. Yeah. Oh, oh. He's one of our dearest friends. I love him. Oh, he, we got in trouble because Marvel of him. <laughs> he was, I, I believe it. Uh, it was Evan Stone was there dressed as the Riddler from the Batman one, and he was slipping Batman triple X posters into kids' bags as they walked by. And uh, that's when they told us. Ah! We, <laughs> that's when they told us we weren't allowed to bring Axel well, anymore. You know, it's so it's so nice to see somebody who loves the comics so much, and it's so honest to comics goodness. And I mean, I keep hearing rumors that they're going to do a Spidey pool, and they got Xander Corvus and Seth Gamble all like ready to do that. And I'm like, guys, stop teasing me, stop playing with my heart. I really need Axel to make this. It's so funny. We live in a world where the true to the comic versions of the movies are the pornos. And <laughs> Then we have, like, you know, the made-for-everyone versions, which I always think is funny. Hey, I love this comic book. Let's change all the characters, the genders, their backstory, their costumes. <laughs> Perfect. Let's make it into a movie. <laughs> I'm sure everyone who read these for the last 60 years is going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I feel so Jim Tony Stark doesn't even sleep around or drink anymore. They're like, he got drunk on his birthday. I'm like, yeah, on his birthday. Come on. Yeah. So to bring it back to Rabbit a little bit, um, and and also a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> and a little bit of American Mary. Um, when I saw American Mary, and and it's weird to watch it now years later because the movie feels uh, like it's it feels even more modern because it feels like such a film written in the era of Me Too, and you guys were so ahead of the curve of that. With that, do, was there anything that you were trying to inject with this rabid uh, remake as well that was kind of in that same vein? Because you guys are very outspoken about that stuff. And I think that's why people love you is that you're very honest and real all the time on your social media. So I'm kind of curious what was some of oh, the yeah. real life stuff in rabid? Well, I really appreciate that. A lot of it happened because Jennifer and I were identical twins that were in this industry and we started when we were seven. And when we were still underage, I remember going up for auditions and roles that were sexually inappropriate for minors, and they would make sure your parents aren't there while you're doing it, and we would see things on set that we knew were inappropriate. When I worked on those sets, uh, I always said that when I work on sets, I'm going to make sure that everyone's protected. I'm going to make sure nobody feels the way that I feel when I know I'm not being respected on that. Uh, Rabid in the fashion world, I... Jennifer and I very briefly did modeling, and that was some of the most cruelest, most calloused, most uh, heartless interactions with people we ever experienced. And I thought, well, so much of Rabbit is obsessed with this uh, aesthetic of gorgeousness. Let's show how ugly gorgeous people can be and how ugly this world really can be. I really enjoyed also the discussion of the class system, which is something I find absolutely disgusting. Uh, with Dr. Burroughs, you have a glimpse of what I consider, uh, no spoilers, but what I call the elite who are born into these positions of power or become in these gatekeeping positions of power where they have justice or medical advancements or food or life-saving technology. All of these things are available, but only to the super rich, only to the super elite. And the fashion industry is another beautiful way of looking at it. There's a lot of research coming out about how there's 
half-human, half-chimp hybrids and half-human, half-pig hybrids. And they're saying how wonderful it is that they're going to be able to create mass organs from these things. But, you know, you'd think at least they would have half-human rights. Yeah. And if you're thinking about these half-sheep lungs, they're definitely not going into the rich people. They're going into us poor people because they don't know how long someone can live with a half-chimp heart. But, hell, it's not going to be Rupert Murdoch or any of those rich bastards that are practicing it. In Rabbit, I think we got to uh, talk a little bit about the elite immortalists that you can see a little bit with the whole Jeffrey Epstein thing that's being covered up. I'm very grateful that we were able to sneak that kind of storyline in at a time where the media is just not discussing it, which makes it really terrifying to think, what are the rich doing to us and how are they treating us? And are we so foolish that, you know, you can look behind the curtain, but it's so awful behind the curtain nobody even wants to look behind it at this point yeah and 41 years ago david cronenberg already saw this stuff happening and was like oh you guys better be careful and how it just snowballed into this horrible like cronenbergian monster of a thing in 1977 he was predicting the epidemic of the std crisis and the aids outbreak but right now what we're talking about in our rabbit is the war on the mind that's going on. And we don't realize that we're in a culture and a society all across the globe that is geared at keeping us low and negative and angry because when you're miserable, you're easy to sell to. When you're miserable, you're unmotivated. You're easy to control, easy to manipulate, easy to lie to. So we're also trying to make people self-aware of that snapshot by showing everyone this modernized world of casual cruelty. If you even look at Rose and Brad and their attempted dating, that's so modern dating where you don't even know what is going on. The only thing that we missed is you sleep with the person at first and then you spend weeks figuring out, do I even like them? (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I know it sounds a little conspiracy theorist, but like, let's, let's get into the conversation of, you know, you are talking about all this stuff. We're talking about cover-ups and and stuff like that. And how funny it is that a movie that tackles all that, the trailer gets pulled down and you have no ability to promote it for weeks on end. And that whole ordeal. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it was so devastating. At first I thought it was a joke because it literally had a critter right next to the image of Rose that we got pinged for. And it said it was a film festival. And I can't think of any other situation where directors, the day their world premiere and trailer are, are launched, they get taken off of Twitter because of the material that they have, even though it's clearly fictitious. And also, I mean, it wasn't glorifying violence. Rose had a, a facial uh, facial injury that is something that would happen to anybody in a motor vehicle accident. Uh, of course, it was a little horrific and hard to look at, but... To say that if you don't look perfect and if it looks like you have an injury from an accident, you're too hideous to be put on social media, that's that's just insane. No one's saying I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm definitely a critical thinker. And that same week, and actually that day that we got taken down, uh, Jeffrey Epstein was also arrested. And I'm not mean to anybody on social media, but you believe me, when the greatest pedophile highest-ranking pedophile uh, of our time is taken to justice. I was celebrating 
really, really hard. I was reposting all the stories. It definitely wasn't trending, but, you know, we, the people, were posting about it as well. And that same week, there was an issue uh, of our Black Widow where actually Jeffrey Epstein appears in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <being> <laughs> <massaged>. <laughs> our, our comic was rushed out that week. It was supposed to come out the next week, but it was sent out that week. And I can't help but wonder... It just felt like a perfect storm of shut the fuck up and sing. The moral of the story is Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. And if we follow through on this one thing, I bet we're going to clean out a lot of monsters in the process. When we were taken off, though, it just made everyone else in the Jeffrey Epstein know be like, they're silencing the twins. (laughs) The distributors were so happy. They were like, this is the best thing that could have happened. And I was like, you don't understand. All those people following me have been following me for like a decade. And they're like, you being banned and not talking about the movie is huge for you because that's never happened before. Yeah, you can't buy advertising like that. But on the flip side, there are so many other fans and sites that are gone permanently off Twitter because they went to defend us. I feel like the real-life Terrence and Philip. Yeah, we are the real-life <laughs> Terrence and Philip. I were in the South Park movie. They're about to lock us up. <laughs> us and our fart humor. Our fart humor, our body horror. We're just trying to give the people what they want, the truth and fart. <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is that you guys have some type of control over how everything goes because beyond all of those things we talked about, then you make two movies for the WWE, then you make this movie with CM Punk and the week it comes out, he comes back to the WWE after swearing it off forever. I don't know what your powers are, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was talking to Phil about that. I was like, Phil, dude, I know you want to promote the movie, but you don't have to do this. And he's like, this, I said I'd never come back. Now everyone's going to be talking about it. He's just going to rip open his shirt and it's just going to say rabbit underneath. And people are going to be like, what is going on? That's Phil, though. You can never tell what he's going to do. I mean, even to me, he swore up and down. Yeah, I'll never go. And it's like, what about AEW? He's like, no, I'll never go. But he always keeps you guessing. And I think that it's part of a master plan that's yet to be revealed. Yeah, he, he's next level. And it was so cool working with him in April. Like, they're... They're so nice. They're such the salt of the earth and they're just they bring such a positivity around them everywhere. I don't I don't know how anyone managed to get Phil to come over there and do anything with them, but they better be counting their blessings because that guy that guy is pure, pure magic in every sense of the word. I secretly hope he's gone there to defeat Brock Lesnar once and for all. <laughs> and for all. I don't even have to watch. People are like, Did you see the wrestling whatever on Sunday? I'm like, Yeah, Brock Lesnar won end of the story that is going on forever i think vince mcmahon is personally in love with brock lesnar i kind of hope that it's going to be like raw is war and he's going to be like yeah i'm on raw and then he's going to be like going to aew bitches and then all of us are like oh my god it's happening it's happening <laughs> all right so <laughs> that you would can, be so badass so all the wrestling marks that listen you can see phil in Rabid, which is available now on demand, digitally, in select theaters. It'll probably happen sooner than you'll see him in a wrestling ring. So check it out. It's a great movie from Shout Studios. And I do just want to throw one last quick thank you to the Soskas, not just for showing up, but because uh, we met briefly at a convention and you got some shirts from me and I've seen you post pictures of them and it makes me happy every single time. So thank you so much. 
uh, for rocking our We're oh, With The Band Puppet Master so shirt. Thank you so to us. <laughs> oh, dude, you're awesome. We have, we have to see each other again so we can give you a big hug. Oh. Yes, and we'd love to do another elongated podcast with you in the future. Yeah, maybe we could get Phil on and ask him what the hell is happening because I don't know. We'll talk about literally everything except for movies. It'll just be comic books, porn, and wrestling. I would love that. <laughs> <laughs> We're making an ad. Napping yeah. ad. This is where I think if we're doing it right, Alec Baldwin comes in. He says a couple things. Mm. He listens to the podcast every week. Yep. Has he been canceled? Was Alec Baldwin the one who killed somebody? I hear that Gary Sinise is free. Oh, okay, great. He hasn't worked since 2020. <laughs> So, um, what would be the script that we would have Gary Sinise say for the Napping Through Happy Hour podcast? Listen to this damn show. Damn it. The Napping Through Happy Hour podcast brought to you by Geekscape. Real life, real drama, real time. I'm Gary Sinise. That's the ad. That's the ad. That's the ad. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 